0: Hallelujah. God, you're our life tonight, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name, Jesus. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being in Bible study tonight. You may be seated. Welcome everyone that's in the house of the Lord and everyone that's joining us. Online watching or listening and uh, we're glad that you're with us at mission point tonight And uh, we are picking up with our study that we have been doing throughout the last number of weeks And uh, we've been focusing on becoming skilled leaders and uh, being people of positive influence And uh, we all want to be a positive influence I believe and uh, so we've been focusing going through the writings of Paul, as he wrote to Philemon, Titus, and Timothy, and uh, we're in the book of uh, First Timothy, and where we stopped at our last uh, lesson was in First Timothy chapter two, and uh, we'll pick up. Uh, we just kind of ended it last uh, last week with this portion, in verse five. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. And uh, we cannot mediate uh, between God and another individual. Obviously, that's not our ability. We can't command angels to intervene in some way, but we can pray that God, uh, can intervene and mediate. Uh, The Bible says there is one God, there's one mediator, and that whole reason God came to earth was to intervene, amen, on our behalf where sin had destroyed, uh, uh, had destroyed when we pray or when, when we're trying to get through some trials or struggles or difficulties and And it seems like we're having a difficult time. Well, we have someone who will step in and and pick up the torch on our behalf. Aren't you thankful that God is a mediator between, amen, himself and you, amen, that he can enforce the victory that's needed in our lives to be won. And so I thank God for the ability that he has, amen, to uh, work on our behalf. Uh, We are heaven's ambassadors to the world. And, then it is, and it is exactly that reason that our lifestyle should reflect, uh, amen, uh, what we believe, how we act, and, and uh, what we are in front of people, behind people, beside people, uh, uh, if there's no people, if there's lots of people, whatever the case is. And so God works on our behalf, and then we work on his behalf to the people around us. And so that's where you're picking up with First uh, Timothy 5, 2, verses 5 to 7, uh, that um, uh, we are a teacher to the people around us of faith and verity of what God has been to us. Amen. That's, that's uh, part of our purpose in life, not just to be saved ourselves, but also to allow other people to experience the same things that have happened for us. And so that's kind of where we ended last week. So we'll pick up tonight first Timothy chapter 2 verse 8 I will therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array but which becometh women professing godliness with good works and so Paul here identifies Some challenge areas for men and for women. Uh, Both sexes have challenges. Okay, it's Bible study night, but. We both have challenges concerning holiness. uh, And it's the same spirit that we're filled with, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, amen, that works in our lives. Both men and women. There's not a different spirit for men and a different spirit for women. Amen. There's the same spirit, but we, uh, even though um, uh, we are different, we both have challenges. And so this passage gives us challenges that we come up against on a regular basis of whether we're going to be a positive influence or not. Again, remember, we're trying to be skilled leaders. We're trying to be positive influences and the world around us is pushing you the opposite way everything about the world is pushing you the opposite way it does not want you to be a positive influence it'll even it'll even cause you um, to to lean far to one side that maybe you have never leaned before so let's talk about it a little bit what the scripture says a man's primary problem areas With holiness are, what he says, holy hands, uh, and then he says wrath and doubting. So what does those things mean for us as men? Well, holy hands represents our appetite, what we feast on. I'm not talking about natural food. I'm talking about the things that occupy our attention. What gets your attention? And there's a lot of things in the world today that affect men especially. And um, whether that's an appetite for inappropriate uh, uh, viewing of material, uh, the, the things that arise within a man is by sight. And so the appetite, uh, Paul's talking about it, and he says, Listen, men, let's just be honest. Every person is is." Uh, in a, a situation where we have to deal with an appetite issue. And any man who says they don't have to deal with an appetite issue is lying. Oh, I don't care if you like me or not. It doesn't matter. We are continually needing to bring under the appetite issue. It's, it's a continual process. Okay, so if, uh, if and when you think you've got everything conquered, take heed because you may need to pray again. Okay, I'm just being honest with you. And Paul says if we're going to be a positive influence, we've got to bring our appetite under subjection. Holy hands. He then speaks about wrath. And that's anger. And listen, it's not that uh, women don't have appetite issues and it's not that women don't deal with anger. But these are these are the things that lean more towards a man having issues. And men deal with the issue of anger. And um, it's just now let's talk about that. And I really don't care how far I get tonight. Because I think this is important stuff for us to be in a, a, a very positive influence. Anger is a natural emotion. It's uncontrolled anger that's a problem. The Bible says, "Be angry and sin not." Okay, you don't have to be. Um, you don't have to be happy with everything that's happening in the world. But you can control it by not telling everyone off. It's uncontrolled anger. And so Paul's talking about it. And listen, we're we're always in a battle. Well, I'm just a mild-mannered person. I'll tell you what, you get pushed too far and we'll find out how mild-mannered you are. Okay, it's it's one of the things we always and listen, if you've learned to bring that under subjection, that's a God given thing. And I thank God for it. But there are continual, continual issues where men have to deal with appetite and men have to deal with anger. The third thing is, Paul says, is doubting, which is apathy. And uh, apathy can be as bad as anger. Only it's in the opposite direction. You don't care about anything. And you're not leading your home, and you're not leading your family, and you're not leading prayer, and you're not leading devotion, and you're not leading the spiritualness of your house, and you're not leading, leading, leading. Okay, it's and I'm thankful for godly women, and I'm thankful for women that have a desire to serve God and love God. But listen, if there's a man in your house, be a man. Pick up the torch and get rid of apathy and serve God with the fullest. Again, I don't, don't matter if I'm liked. The bottom line is it's not my wife's responsibility to carry the torch of spirituality in our house. I'm thankful for her. I'm thankful for her walk with God. But God put a spirit inside of me as a man to make sure there's a godly protection over my house over my family over my children and over my grandkids and I I don't think you and I as men should take that lightly and it's a trick of the enemy for men to have apathy in how they serve God okay you can step to the plate men and don't allow doubting to be part of your makeup say you know what I'm going to control the appetite of my life I'm going to control the anger of my life I'm going to control the apathy of my life I'm going to step to the plate and I'm going to be a positive influence in my life my family's life my community my church my work wherever what does that all mean well when, when it comes time for you to face these things in public, you don't have to do it with rudeness or, or um, uh, you know where we're, we're going to turn someone off, but you can, you can step to the forefront as a man and say, you know what, that's not my lifestyle of appetite any longer, I, I, that's not part of me. And you know what, uh, you can't make me angry. I choose to get angry. Angry is being angry is not the first choice. The first choice is whether I choose to get angry. Oh, man, you had no idea what you're getting into tonight, did you? I make a choice. So, you know, you, you make me angry. No, that's not true. That's actually not true. I make the choice of whether I'm going to allow myself to get angry. And the same with apathy. You can't stop me from serving God. You can't make my serving God less. No, I decide, I make a choice. I'm making the decision. I'm going to worship God no matter whether anyone else is. I'm going to serve God no matter whether anyone else is. Let let something arise in your spirit, man, where you're going to take, uh, amen, uh, a hold of the horns of the altar and say, I'm going to pray for my family, my kids, my wife, my marriage, my job, my finance. Uh, I'm going to take and I'm going to pray for that the way God has given me the authority to do it. Amen. Don't rely on other people of your family. Allow yourself not to be controlled by apathy. Okay. Then he goes on to say what the primary problem areas of holiness are for women. And he uses the, the words adorn themselves with and not with. And then he uses the phrase modest apparel. And then he uses uh, the phrase shamefacedness and sobriety. And so he comes, and again, these are uh, three areas that not only do women deal with, but most commonly it's going to be issues with women. And that is adornment. And he tells us to uh, adorn themselves with certain things and not with certain things. God made you beautiful just the way you are all right everyone's okay i told you last week we're going to put our seatbelts on you don't have to color this and shorten that god made you just the way you are you got a little gray let the gray shine it's okay it's okay You don't have to be someone that the world thinks you should be. Be who God made you. I remember Brother Stewart, of course, I I, I loved him and missed him. I miss him still. I went to his grave not too long ago just to visit. And uh, I remember a service. He was sitting there and somehow it came up in my preaching That my color of my hair was natural. I said something like that. And I heard him holler, yeah, right. (laughs) No, it is. It is. Just be who God made you. Everything that's being advertised in the world, in most cases, is fake. It's fake. You can be just who God made you to be. He goes on to say apparel, and that's a modest apparel. And I don't know about you, but we are living in a world that has gone crazy. I mean, people are wearing sleeping clothes wherever they're going. No, I'm serious. And the more leggings we see, the higher the skirts are. Now, you can try to fire me if you like after. That's all right. But I'm telling you the truth. What's happening in our world is we are lining up with the world. See, the problem is this. We're the same distance as we were from the world 20 years ago. But the world's got worse. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know if you have to go there. I'm going there anyway. Because you are called to be separate. And you say, well, we stick out, Pastor. You're supposed to stick out. That's what makes you so awesome. I was driving along the other day this is just a day or two ago, I told my wife, I took her by the hand, and I told her, I said, I'm so glad that you're a godly lady because your apparel speaks about my ministry. Wherever I go with her, she speaks to my ministry. Thank you for being a godly woman because you speak, you speak to the ministries around you. Everyone all right? Next he says attitude and not just women face problems with attitude. Men do too. With shame shamefacedness, he says, and sobriety. Now, I want you to notice that in the scriptures, they are basically commanded to act holy. This is what men are supposed to do. Act holy because when men act holy, women are less tempted. When men act like men, it helps women be godly. So what's that mean? Well, when you treat a woman right. When you tell her, not other women, just your own, when you tell her that she looks good and she looks godly and she looks appropriate and you're glad that she's yours, it actually helps women be less tempted. Women are basically commanded to appear holy so that women, when they appear holy, men are less tempted now i'm i'm not talking about anyone everyone is responsible for their own actions always but we've got we've got a world folks that's gone off the rails And you walk through the malls, and you are facing what would have been soft pornography 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And it's being publicized on a continual basis. Now, what, 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 what? Well, that's, that's what the world is doing. That's not what the church should be doing. And how you look and act in church should be the same way you look and act on Monday and Friday. God doesn't just all of a sudden show up on Sunday. If you want to be a positive influence, men, you need to act right on Thursday. You know the problem is? We don't hear enough preaching about it. sometimes people are scared to offend the Word of God doesn't offend it actually makes us and if it does offend you Bible says offenses will come you get to decide again what happens is God has called us to be a positive influence God help me treat people right help me to actually care women Help yourselves to ask God to help you to look like a woman. Act like a woman. Demonstrate yourself as a woman. See, for both men and women, holiness begins with the inside and is demonstrated to the outside. If things are not right on the outside, there's things wrong on the inside. If I, if I am getting angry every time you turn around, there's something wrong inside. Inside. Okay, God's people always stand out, church. Apostolic women will generally stand out more by their appearance. And apostolic men will generally stand out more by their action. And real Christian men should be just as distinct in the world as women. Don't be shady in business. Don't cheat on your taxes. Okay, maybe I should just. See, men's holiness standards provide much, if not most, of the offensive power of the apostolic church. That's what we know as dunamis. That's doing power. When men are right with God, there's a dunamis power. That's the doing power. And the gifts of the Spirit will operate through that that kind of power. Women's holiness standards provide much, if not most, of the defensive power of the apostolic church, and that's exousia. That's restraining power. And the Fruit of the spirit operate through that kind of power. Our roles, folks, are not competitive. They are complementary. Men, can I just tell you something? When When your wife looks godly, could you just tell her that you're proud of her? I'm serious. Just tell her you're proud of her for looking godly. And wives, when your men act sensible, just tell them you're proud of them for acting sensible. Listen, no, (laughs) it's not complicated. Yeah, it happens to me on a regular basis. I'm thankful when she tells me that I act sensible once in a while. Mm. Okay, let's move on. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach nor to observe authority over the man, but to be in silence. So these verses here are taken out of context on a regular basis. Paul's speaking about a woman um, being in a place of subjection. That's a military term. Uh, meaning under the command of, and the word uh, silence doesn't mean not speaking, but it means with quietness. And one who does, uh, a person who doesn't uh, get meddling in in the affairs of others. He's simply saying that a woman should uh, sincerely see how powerful her place is in creation and be a helpmeet to the person that God has put her with and that responsibility is shown through her adornment. It's not talking about a woman not teaching or speaking because Paul goes on and, and he discharges that office of a teacher. He says uh, later on he commands older women to teach younger women. He's also uh, thanking Timothy that he's been taught by his mother and grandmother. So, And you look at the life of Paul and look at all the people in Paul's life. 40% of the people in Paul's life were women. And you can read it through the epistles where he's thanking them for being involved. So, obviously, he's referring to understanding that, that uh, men and women have different leadership styles within a church. That's just the natural aspects. And if you want to go back to the science of it, a man thinks of one side of his brain. Women say amen. Amen. And women think with both sides of their brain. And the reasoning for that is most men live in what is known if you're talking to counseling. They live in boxes and they do things in boxes. And everything that a woman does is attached. You can't separate the family and work and supper and church for the woman. The men are right now in their church box and that's where they are. And when we go home, we may even go to the nothing box, and that's actually possible. And to a lady, that makes no sense. How is it that you can be thinking about nothing, and sometimes men can actually be thinking about nothing? So the powerful weapon that a lady has is is that adornment and apparel of what she represents And I'll tell you without a doubt, I'm not trying to put too much pressure on her, but I know that if the Lord tarries and my wife is speaking on Sunday on Mother's Day, she'll have something to say. Poor Daisy, she's gone on to be with the Lord, but Daisy used to tell me, she she said, one of these times, Pastor, you're away, we're voting her in. (laughs) That's. I tried to, when I went away, I tried to take her with me. No. No, there's, there's, there's value that God has in the, the, the teaching and the ability uh, of a lady. So, Paul's not talking about um, not teaching, he's talking about how it works together that we are help meets, we are not competitive, but rather completed. And so that's a very important thing. And he goes on to explain it a little bit more in the next three verses. Verse 13, for Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not, uh, was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression, notwithstanding. She shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and, and charity and holiness and sobriety. And the greatest uh, reason for godly women to as- assume that spiritual posture of submission is simply God's order of creation it's, the scripture says it clearly Adam was first formed then Eve and that's a, that's a compelling reason that the ro- the role that God has ordained he he has put a responsibility that does not mean that my opinion is more important than hers doesn't mean men are smarter than women that's that's not true at all but when the rubber meets the road it should come back on me as a responsible for her that doesn't make her less valuable or less important the Bible gives a clarity Adam was first formed, then Eve, and so there's a compelling reason in the role of a woman that's played, and you see it in the fall. Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression, and we sometimes leave it there and think, oh my goodness, what was she thinking? She was deceived, the Bible says. Eve fell because uh, she was deceived, and she usurped authority. But the Bible also clearly states that while Eve was deceived, Adam sinned willingly. He was an idiot. So she was deceived, but he went ahead and did it even though he knew better. That's when it's proof that men are thinking with one side of the brain. And so you see this throughout this example and and it's really um, a type of how Christ even though we we sinned and we know that we're a sinner he died for us anyway and so he took our place even though he already knew we were going to fall and be failures he took our place but Paul goes on to conclude the chapter and it's so powerful Because he reaffirms the woman's role, and he tells in this end how incredible the role of a woman is, notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing. Now, as soon as you hear that, it's like, oh, yeah, you never had a kid. Even though the woman was the initial agent of being deceived, she's also the person used For the human race to have hope. Aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ was born? Well, he was born of a woman. And the wonderful thing about the lady of the house, children are born into the family through the lady. I don't care what the world says. Men cannot have children. That's ludicrous. Children are born through the lady. And the lady having children is the example of hope. Now, what does that mean? Well, the kids that are born are the next generation that will carry on the truth. That's why it's so important to train them in the ways of God because when you and I are gone, it's the kids and the grandkids that bring hope. In the Bible, Paul's saying she's saved in childbearing, not because of the pain of it, not because of the, the agony of it, but rather the hope that it brings. I'm thankful that if the Lord tarries, my kids and my grandkids will have the possibility of preaching the same truth that I'm preaching to you tonight. That's an incredible, I'm sorry man, but you can't do that. I thought I'd get at least a half an amen on that. You can't do it. Only the woman can do that. And the great accomplishment is, notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. If you train your kids, grandkids, to the best of your ability to know who God is, and they love God and serve God, you have brought hope to the next and further generations. Thank God for that. Amen. Thank God for that. That's why the Bible says you could gain the whole world if you lose your own soul. That's talking about your own family. That's what's so important and so crucial. Never stop praying for your kids. You say, well, my kids are not in church right now. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. (laughs) Always keep believing. (laughs) Amen. Because that's the hope to the next generation. Listen, people are going to take a journey. People are going to mess up. People are going to make mistakes. But oh, thank you, Jesus, for the hope uh, that you have uh, of the next generation. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So women are just as qualified for leadership as men. But the sexes don't have the same leadership abilities. And regardless of what books say, male and female are not the same. We have different strengths, we have different weaknesses, we have different roles, we have different responsibilities, but we're all members of the same body, same body. Thank God for that. And so that's how he ends chapter two, and he begins into chapter three, and we'll just go a little bit, uh, because the battles that the church face in that leadership, Paul begins to give some qualifications or what that leadership should look like. If, you're, if you and I are going to be a positive influence, then there's some responsibilities we have. And he goes into chapter 3, and he starts to share those responsibilities. And he says, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop and desire the good work, a bishop must uh, be, uh, then must be blameless. The husband of one wife, vigilant, Sober of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one thing, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil moreover he must have a good report of them which are without lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil and so we we see the terms people get kind of all caught up in the terms of bishop and pastor and elder but they're synonymous in the new testament all three words come and mean the same thing and it's simply an overseer someone who's overseeing and so um, we we get we we get thinking that you know it's the pastor's responsibility or it's uh, but if you're listen if you've been in the church for a while, it's also your responsibility. As an elder, an overseer, um, and so we get you know the, the the word today bishop is all out there, all kinds of ideas and meanings about that, but it basically means to. Uh, For mature people, people who are got spiritual wisdom and experience, that doesn't mean necessarily just age. But rather, the significance of overseeing. You know what? I'm going to look out for. Again, if we're going to be positive influences, then we must look out for. Your brother, your sister, your neighbor, your child the one you're teaching in Sunday school, the youth that you're leading, the, 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 the group or the, or, or the department that you're part of, whatever the case is, you're looking out for, you're an overseer for. Again, we're wanting to be a positive influence. And so you see the word pastor at times where the significance uh, means that it's a shepherd, one who uh, leads and cares for the flock. And, of course, that has uh, some responsibilities that come with that. The Bible says that as a pastor, I'm going to give an account for you. That's a heavy responsibility, an account for your soul, a watchman on the wall. That's not something to be taken lightly. That's not, that's not, uh, you know, just any, any old thing. It's, not a political position it's not some type of well i have attained this or attained that no no it's a an overseer it's a watchman for it. it's a someone who'll stand in the gap for you pray between the porch and the altar spare the people lord spare the people that's a that's a a huge responsibility huge so paul states plainly that the desiring uh, uh, to lead or to be a, an influence is, is, is a good thing. And uh, the key is whether we scheme to do it or serve to do it. Can I just slow it down a bit? If someone is trying to influence you and scheme you to change in a negative fashion, You need to get them out of your life. It's not positive. Because there's a big difference between scheming and serving. If I'm I'm approaching you to serve, it should be to help you make sure you get to the other side. That's my only goal. That's your only goal. Your only goal. Listen, I want to help someone accomplish what God wants in their life. If someone's trying to connive and scheme in your life, you need to put up guards. That's not positive influence. A positive influence is someone who wants to bring you closer to God. A positive influence is someone who wants you to have a greater relationship with God than you had a year ago. A positive influence is for you to be uh, 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 effective in in your walk with God and to grow in God and to get closer to God. Listen, if people are drawing you away from God, you, you better take and evaluate. I'm not saying who they are. It just doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't. It's Wednesday night. So I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. When it comes to your walk with God, don't allow someone to scheme you out of that walk with God. God, I want it to be, that is from a servant mentality. I want to be, Lord, and, and I... I want to pray that over my own life. I don't want to affect someone in a negative way. God, help me to be a positive influence. Help me to be what you want me to be. This is what Paul is saying. And so in the, in the church uh, as leadership, um, it, it matters about a person's character how they act, and what they're doing. See, we need both character and competence. but the qualification of you being a, a, a positive influence matters about your character and why we're doing it and what's the reason behind it. And, and uh, we're going to go into a list uh, in, in, in the next Bible study where we, we talk about this. And Paul gives a list of things that are, are very important if we're going to be a positive influence. I, I just want my life to be an influence for people to get closer to God and not to be someone or something that hauls someone away. So tonight there's some pretty strong advice that Paul gives. And he's leading us into the next chapter, and he's going to deal with a whole list of things that every one of us need to be cautious of. But when it comes to our leadership ability, listen, we talked about this before. Paul kept getting smaller, and Jesus kept getting bigger. And the idea behind Paul was not what he wanted. It's what God wanted what he knew God wanted. And it hasn't changed. Nothing's really changed with that in 2023. It's all about what he wants, not what I want. And our staff, we had our staff meeting today. And over the past 10 days, we, we decided that we would do a, a media fast, our staff. And we learned over that 10-day period how difficult that is because there's a lot of things taking up time. And as I listened to the staff around the table today talk about it, and it was just as challenging for me as it is for anyone else, we all came to the same conclusion that when we were able to push that stuff aside, we had more time for what really mattered. Well, guess what? That's the way it is for all of us, whether it's media or work or whatever the interests are. God, I wanna be a positive influence. So help me, help me to be able to control the things in my life, whether it's my appetite, my anger, or my apathy, help me to be able to control that. So I am a positive influence for the people around me. Would you stand tonight? Thank you for being in Bible study. Um, I'm going to pray that God touches us tonight as we leave this place because I I believe everyone in this room can be a positive influence. Everyone in this room. You're a you're a peculiar people. A peculiar people. That sounds like a ne- it's not a negative. You stand out for the Almighty God. You're a holy nation. He's brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's got such great things in store for your life, for your family, your ministry. He's got influence that we don't even realize yet. But we've got to be as close to him as we can be. And the world's tugging, and we've got to say, I refuse. I refuse to give in to the world. I'm going to let God, I'm going to let God be domain in my life. God, I thank you for each person tonight. And God, I pray that even as we leave this place, that your mighty power your spirit would be upon us I pray God that you would talk to us as men help us to be God I pray men of action God proper action God I pray God that you would allow our ladies God the power and the authority they have God to be separate and God they're such a power God in this in this world that we're in today God, I pray, Jesus, give them strength and give them courage. And, God, I pray, let our church, I pray, bind together, God, and complete each other. God, in the leadership abilities that you have upon each of us, God, that we would accomplish everything that you desire for us to do and to be, God, moving forward. We just want to be like you. We just want to be more like you in every aspect of our life. We want to be a positive influence. God, let your blessing be upon your people, I pray. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for being in Bible study at Mission Point tonight. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.